0: And our next guest, the big fella, Eric Montross, he played in the NBA for a long time, he won a national title with most of those classmates in 1993 for Dean Smith's Tar Heels. Big E, welcome back to the David Glenn Show, how are you?
1: DG, it's always good to be with you, my friend. Appreciate it.
0: Thanks, you, man. I'm going to get to the Tar Heels trip to Elon for a special occasion tonight, including just how a game like that gets scheduled, because we all know it's usually the bigger schools hosting the other programs. But take me into the 2018 landscape compared to what you lived through in 1990 with the Duke freshman making such a splash in that annihilation of Kentucky on Tuesday night. Are today's college basketball freshmen that much more ready than even the best freshmen of twenty-five plus years ago? And if the answer is yes, how are they more ready? Why are they more ready? You know, and in what ways are they more ready?
1: Well, DG, I think it's a really good question, and obviously that was quite a show. I mean, it was. Uh, we were on our way back from Spartanburg and and listening to. The broadcast of that game and you could get a sense for it. We didn't have the visual for it, but, uh, but certainly then we're able to catch some of the highlights and, and it, and it truly was a showcase. I think a couple things. One, you have exceptionally talented young men on both sides of that game, both for Kentucky and then obviously with Duke and Duke looked really polished. And, and so I, I had a couple thoughts and one of them was, you know, these were pretty much it was an extension of high school players playing against each other as freshmen. So you don't have that. I think you continue to see great play from all of those involved without having to ask them at this stage, game one of their freshman season, playing against really veteran players. And I know I'm not talking about across the board. I know that Marquise Bolden and others are in there as more veteran players, but of the highlighted players, the matchups were largely of freshman to freshman. I think that Duke certainly their style of play and what Coach Cheshevsky puts out on the court consistently lends itself, I believe, more on an earlier scale or earlier timeline to teaching these kids functional play within a team and really taking advantage of teams that don't teach that at this stage of the season. Um, And then big picture, I do think that these kids are coming into college, probably more polished because look at how much time they're playing and the competition that they're playing against. It was regional. When you think about 20, 25 years ago, where your competition was, and then you'd come together in a summer camp and play against the national group. But now these kids are getting national competition. And so, because of that added experience, I think they have to be better than what we saw 20 or 25 years ago.
0: Eric Montross is joining us from the Tar Heels Sports Network. Carolina at 1-0. and They beat Wofford on the road. Another unusual sight. A big brand name, high-powered top-ten team agreeing to a road game, a true road game at Wofford. It is a true road game for the Tar Heels tonight at 1-0. and Elon, more on that matchup just a little bit later. Former NBA star Paul Pierce... Uh, Heck, you played in the NBA for almost a decade after your uh, All-American campaign for the Tar Heels. Paul Pierce actually said this week he believes these Blue Devils, who some say have the top three picks in next year's NBA draft, in R.J. Barrett, Zion Williamson, and Cam Reddish. Pierce says that these Devils could beat the NBA's Cleveland Cavaliers right now. Is that outrageous, (laughs) given the jump that you had to make back then, or does it make sense to you?
1: Oh uh, well, I, I think everything is perspective, and and you know Pierce is obviously a, a more decorated NBA veteran than I am, and so I would I think just out of respect, I'd deflect on that and say, sure, he can take that perspective. I think that's, however, uh, I, I do think it's a huge it's a huge step to say. I mean, it's fun to think about, and certainly when you watch the performance against uh, against Kentucky, you think, yeah, these guys are are really flashy. Um, and very, very talented. I don't mean flashy in an ugly way at all, because they're, they're really good. Um, but, you know, I, I just, again, I think you talk about, we talked a lot about the experience component of these guys coming out of high school with a lot more experience than 20 years ago. I think even when Paul was playing, you look at taking the level of experience that the NBA had, and, and now I think it's a little different because you have a more influx of younger players. But, I think it would be a pretty far stretch to think that these guys could make the step to to the NBA and have a lot of success as just the sole unit on the team. You sprinkle them in with veterans, and hey, they I mean, I think they'd be great complementary players and probably star in some ways.
0: Eric Montross is joining us. He was a top 10 overall pick to the Boston Celtics after his All-American and National Championship career with the North Carolina Tar Heels. Nowadays, he calls the games for UNC next to Jones Angel as part of the Tar Heel Sports Network. Carolina is at Elon tonight in a special game, the Phoenix opening the Char Center. It is a beautiful new building. I have been in it. It is spectacular. It is a huge fork in the road for that university and its athletic department and Matt Matheny's basketball program. With that in mind, Eric, you know the deal. At least nine times out of ten in college basketball, if not more than that, when the big brand-name top ten team plays a school from the mid-major ranks or below – it's the big team playing at home. They have all the scheduling leverage. What explains, as you see it, Roy Williams' philosophy where he was willing to A, play his opener in the regular season at Wofford, a tough mid-major, and B, I think really give a gift to Elon by agreeing to take his Tar Heels to their new building tonight?
1: Well, I, so I, Coach Williams talked about this a lot in the in the post-game press conference after the Wofford game. and. And you know things things can look rosy when you win on the road in the opener, uh, and so I think that. But I think that the sentiment is true of what he shared, and and I'll go into that in just a second. But I will tell you, the Wofford team. Remember, that for for those listeners who may not know, this is the team that beat Carolina last yep. year um, at home in the Smith Center, and they had four of four of the five returning starters um, from last year's team, and that was a 21 win team. And I think many folks believe that with uh, UNC Greensboro being in the Southern Conference and Wofford in the Southern Conference, those are the two teams that may have a chance to come. I mean, one of those is going to come out of it and go to the NCAA tournament. And so they're a legitimate team. They're they're not an ACC caliber team right now, but they're a legitimate team. What Coach Williams wanted to do, and I think it is unique, I I think you're right, not many Top 10 programs are going to go on the road and play a team that is in a hostile environment. It was only 3,400 seats, but look there. It was, it was a great environment for college basketball. And I think that's what coach wanted to do and had the opportunity to impact. It was the opening of their new arena. It will be the opening of the sharp Center tonight for Elon. Uh, two of the coaches on Elon's team and, uh, JB Tanner and Jack Wooten were members of the 09 championship team here at Carolina. Yep. Of course, Coach Matheny, very, very well schooled coach, good success. It's a great opportunity to go on there. He likes doing this. He, being Coach Williams, likes to do this for programs uh, within college basketball. It's an opportunity to do something different and be a and be a a, a real opportunity for them to take advantage of. It.
0: There are obviously high expectations, as usual, for the Tar Heels. Luke May back for his senior year. Uh, Even other seniors, we don't see it so often anymore. Cam Johnson and Kenny Williams as part of his supporting cast and an exciting freshman among others in Nasir Little. What do you see at this very early stage of the season as the keys for the Tar Heels to go from what they already are, you know, really talented and really good, to at least having the chance to be a special team or a championship team?
1: Yeah, so D.G., I, I think they, right now, currently, coming into this season, they looked a lot like last year's team that got beat by Texas A&M. They were a team that did not have a significant post presence, but had shooters and had good point guard play. They obviously take on with the loss of Joe Barry and Theo Pinson as graduating seniors, you need to add, we know how important point guard play is for Carolina. Kobe White will be a terrific player. I'm not quick to, to dole out, not that I need to be the guy to do it, but I'm not quick to give really high praise. This kid is, this kid has got some really wonderful uh, characteristics as a player, and I think he'll be good for the team. He is still a freshman and will have some inconsistencies, but he will be good. I think that, that that uh, point guard position will be okay. Um, where I still think we need to see ourselves improve is within the post position. now Garrison Brooks has had uh, you know had a good exhibition game uh, and has had a good game at Wofford um, and been in double figures both in in points and in rebound but in both those contests, but he's still a guy that is six nine not a guy that's 6'11", and that's what we ran into last year with Texas a and I think that our shooters, so if he can improve as Sterling Manley, if, uh, if they can provide that interior strength and a post presence, it doesn't have to be 20 and 10 every night, but it has to be enough to move the defense. And so if you can put the ball in the post, incorporate them, have them making shots, rebounding, pulling offensive rebounds, and defensive rebounds, and helping the pace of the game, that's a really important component for Carolina this year. I think you you, you mentioned Nas Little, uh, going to be a very good player right now. You look at the existing returning veteran class, and Cam Johnson is out there, had a huge game down at Wofford, um, and shot the ball very well, was 5 of 7 from behind the arc. Um, we're a good shooting team. The thing last year that hurt us is, when we played a team like Texas A&M in the NCAA tournament, there was inconsistency from the perimeter shooters. The question in my mind is, can you plug the hole that you lose at point guard with Kobe White? I think you can. Can you add Nas Little into the three-man position, pull some good offensive rebounding from him because we know he can do it, and he's also got a lot of offense to offer, but can you st- can you become more consistent as perimeter threats uh, on a nightly basis if you can this team gets really good really fast and then you get even better and have a legitimate shot to be playing at the end of the tournament uh, in the spring if you have an interior presence that Garrison Brooks and Sterling Manley uh, can provide and all that's a little bit to be determined
0: last thing for Eric Montros, it is the Tar Heels at Elon tonight if you can't get there for the grand opening of the Shar Center In Ed Elon, a seven o'clock tip or so. ESPNU has the television call. Jones Angel and our guest Eric Montross with the Tar Heel Sports Network on the radio side. I think folks are curious, you know, whether you're a basketball player or not. Sometimes it's easier to stay in touch with the folks that you enrolled in college with. Sometimes it's harder, and even people that you really cared about, you know, they just sort of uh, float away. As we're as the whole basketball world is discussing these Duke freshmen. I'm curious, when you think of your class of 1990, I'm certain you guys don't have the dysfunction that, say, Michigan's Fab Five still has here in 2018. However, (laughs) I don't know. uh, Derek Phelps, I mean, I remember all these guys. You remember I was covering y'all. Derek Phelps, Brian Reese, Pat Sullivan, uh, you. I know Rosier ended up transferring to Louisville, so that's a different story. But uh, what are we, 28 years after you guys enrolled at Carolina, uh, to what degree do you keep in touch?
1: Yeah, so so there is. We had a, a big reunion um, last year for the '93 championship team um, that uh, covered everybody. Unfortunately, Clifford Rozier has uh, is deceased now. He he had uh, some significant health issues, and um, and we unfortunately found out about that uh, several months ago. Um, but uh, so he's. He's obviously, um, we take him, take him from the picture for the moment, but the, you know, the bulk of the class and after transferring as a freshman, we, you know, we lost touch with Cliff a little bit, uh, when he moved on to Louisville. But of course he was a, uh, classmate of mine going into the NBA, started out with Golden State and was just a supremely talented player and a sweetheart of a guy. So he, he's, he is definitely missed and unfortunate what he had to, what he had to work through in his life. Um. But then also with Derek, Derek's still coaching. Brian is still coaching. Pat Sullivan is with the Knicks as an assistant coach. Um, these are uh, even Kevin Salvadori, who is a redshirt yeah. freshman, that it, it was with our class. You know, he's in Charlotte doing great. Um, and so we do have a chance to keep in touch, and we're very proud to uh, uh, to, you know, as you get older, it gets more fun to relive history and tell war stories and think that you were all that in college and you need somebody like you, DG, mm. to tell us we were not all that because right now we're like superstars in our own minds.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I covered it all. I think you guys were pretty good, especially in 1993. You will always be national champions. Eric Montross of the Tar Heel Sports Network. Thanks for the visit. Uh, Darren and I will be out there at Elon tonight, so we'll, of course, try to say hello without interrupting your work. Uh, appreciate your time on the David Glenn Show.
1: Always, always enjoy it, DG, and uh, we'll see you guys this evening. It will be a lot of fun. The small venues, and just to make the last comment, the, yep. the small venues within college basketball are really cool. And just as it was in Wofford, and and Carolina is not the only team to play in that. This is not a Carolina Blues statement, but just to see the enthusiasm that surrounds college athletics in it. these small venues, it it really is something and something that we should all enjoy.
0: I loved Elon's old building. I mean, I'm glad they're moving it. It's going to be 5,000-plus crazy screaming people because they're excited about a lot of things, even beyond the Tar Heels visit. But it was a, 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 just a fun, old, scrunched gym before they built the new Char Center, and it's going to be a whole lot of fun there tonight. Tar Heels at Elon. They both won their openers. Carolina on the road at Wofford and Elon away against Manhattan. Tyler Sebring, one of the best players in this state beyond the ACC schools, leads the Phoenix. Obviously, you all know about Luke May. Maybe you don't know as much about Nas Little, but he is an unbelievably talented freshman who will be a big part of wherever the Tar Heels season goes this year. It's a loaded ACC in basketball.